say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Keep the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking feeds the Grace Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Welcome in on this Friday. Game day, game night in the Dome. Looking forward to it tonight. Cuse and the Cavaliers. Orange looking to get 4-0. and oh, Tell you how rare that is in uh, school history. Coming up here in a little bit. And it is uh, rarer than you'd even expect. We'll get into that down the line. And uh, conversely, should the Orange do that tonight? What, historically anyway... It means for the rest of the season, and it means good things. We'll get into that uh, going on. Here's what we got set up on uh, the show tonight. Obviously, we'll get it going, talking some Q's football tonight. Q's Virginia, 7 o'clock in the Dome. Orange sitting at uh, either 9.5 or 10-point favorites, depending on uh, where you look right now, which is also potentially important. That's a tease for later in the show. Tell you what the difference between nine and a half and uh, ten would mean historically uh, for this game tonight. But other guests, other things going on. Bottom of the hour, two thirty. Jeff Erickson from RotoWire will join us to talk some fantasy football. So uh, Jeff will be on. If you're on the chat on Q Sports Talk and you have any fantasy football questions for uh, Jeff, load them up and maybe we can uh, pass them along to him at two thirty. At 3 o'clock, if you want to uh, make some money, who's been hotter than our guy Mario Sacco? The Sacco six-pack of his picks for the upcoming weekend, football, sports. We'll see what Mario's got uh, in line today for the six-pack. He will join us at 3 o'clock for that. Get his picks. And then bottom of the 3 o'clock hour at 3.30, Kelly Gramlich, one of the hosts of Gramlich and McLean, the show and podcast on SiriusXM where they talk a lot of ACC at ACC football. Uh, she will join us at 3.30. We'll take a spin around uh, the league. We often talk to Kelly come basketball season. She's a former Clemson uh, women's basketball player and uh, covers that league extensively, so maybe we'll get a little uh, hoops thoughts as well. But, uh, Kelly, uh, deep into covering the football this year, the two Clemson grads, Gramlick and McLean, have the league pretty well surrounded on their show and their podcast on Sirius XM. So we'll talk to Kelly Coming up at 3.30 today, and kind of all around that, we'll be weaving in and around our thoughts about the game tonight. Leading into our pregame coverage, which starts at 4 o'clock today, with the Axeman over at Shaughnessy's. Brent will be there from 4 to 6. I will then skedaddle from here out to the quad, where we'll be from 6 to 7, taking you right up to kickoff with our pregame coverage, myself and Bruce Williams. Then right back here after the game for the postgame coverage, myself and and Eric Dungey. So we got it uh, covered from every which way uh, here today, getting you ready for Cuse and Virginia tonight in the Dome. Their first ever meeting in the Dome as ACC opponents. Uh, Last met in the Dome, only met in the Dome in 2005, a Virginia win. We'll talk to Bruce about that tonight. That was his freshman season. Glad to have everybody here on ESPN Radio in Syracuse and Utica and Rome and all of you with us on QSportsTalk.com. Of course, anybody that watched the game last night, the football game on Amazon Prime, second week of that, uh, for Thursday night, that, you know, you've signed up for Prime, you have that. If you're on QSportsTalk.com and you are not a subscriber, 
Now, you don't need to be a subscriber to watch or listen there. You can get it all for free. But the benefits of being a subscriber, you don't have uh, pesky commercials popping up in the middle of uh, all of us attempting to talk to you throughout the day. And if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you get one free subscription with which you can use it on your favorite station, favorite channel, which we know is Q Sports Talk. So if you are on QSportsTalk.com and have not done that and have Amazon Prime, which if you watched the game last night, you do have Amazon Prime. And if you have not subscribed to another channel, or even if you have, wait till the month ends and switch your allegiance. Drop down your free subscription. Use it on QSportsTalk.com. We do appreciate it. But uh, let's get into the game tonight. Houston, Virginia. We've we've been talking about it all week. What does it boil down to tonight? A game that if we looked at it in July, if we looked at it when the schedule came out in January, February, whenever that was, if we looked at it on September 1st, maybe even, on the eve of the season, before we saw, before we had any evidence about what Syracuse would be this year, about what Virginia would be, about Robert and I and Jason Beck, about what they meant to Syracuse this year, about what they had meant in their positions as offensive coordinator and quarterback coach to Brennan Armstrong at Virginia. Before we saw any of it new with our own eyes this year, I think when the schedule came out and you saw Louisville, you saw Virginia, you saw Purdue sitting there in the three of the first four games for the Orange, and all of them felt within the realm of a coin toss, at least within a few points of a coin toss, and Uh, That's certainly how it played out uh, in Vegas with both the opener and with last week. Those were very tight lines, both games. And both, uh, you know, last week shifted from Purdue in Syracuse's favorite. Well, this Virginia game uh, also combined with the way Virginia has not passed the eye test. They're 2-1, but mm, not looked good through three weeks, have not done any of the impressive stuff they did last year and have uh, kept doing the unimpressive stuff they did last year despite the new coaching staff with Coach Elliott in from Clemson. The line right now, depending on where you look at it, sits at 9.5 or 10. Syracuse favored. So people are expecting not only Syracuse to win this game, but to win this game somewhat comfortably. And we shall see. If the Orange are to do that, how? How will it happen? What are we looking for tonight? How about the reemergence of Sean Tucker? Has Sean had a bad season? No. Has Sean been pleased with his performance for three weeks in a row? No. He'll tell you. He was pleased week one. He was all right with it week two. And he was uh, discouraged with what he put on the field last week. Only ran for 42 yards, less than three yards to carry. And... You know what? We know this. Like, Tucker is not a negative yard runner. Like, he's going to get you a yard or two even when things go all the way wrong most of the time. He's not a guy that turns zero into negative five trying to hit for 50. Sean is a guy, at least last year, that turns zero into two, that turns two into five, and that turns five into 50. Well, he hasn't done the latter part yet this year. His longest run so far in three games this season is 13 yards. Now, what's the reason for that? Is it Tucker is struggling? I wouldn't go that far. It's more that once you come off the season, Syracuse said, and coaches all offseason, they take their schedule and they, they at least do an initial little scout 
of all the other teams they're going to play the next season in the offseason when they have time and spend a lot more time focusing on the teams that they will play early in the season where things from the previous year may remain more relevant than they will later in the year. Like It does not matter what Sean Tucker did against Boston College last year when uh, Syracuse gets around to playing Wake Forest in the second-to-last game of this season in November. doesn't matter. Wake will have 10 games of film at that point. They'll have plenty to study. Well, now there's only three games, and you know teams have already made a thought process, and they're sticking to it. Like We know how good Garrett Schrader has been. We, we know how good that has been for Syracuse. But Tucker has not hit the big one. So that's the question tonight. I think Sean's going to be able to run the ball against Virginia. The orange offensive line has been there consistent and healthy all year long. Five guys pretty much across the board start to finish so far this year. Orange have not made it through a season really unscathed at the O-line uh, really twice in quasi-recent memory. It was 2018 and 2012. And uh, no coincidence uh, that, that both of those seasons were the two best uh, seasons in recent history and the two seasons with the veteran quarterbacks and the senior INS of the senior Eric Dungy and it all went great. Well, if that group can stay consistent in front of Shader and Tucker this year, it figures things will go well. But it, they've not been able to bust Tucker for the big run. Now, Tucker's running into 8 million guys. Like, Lots of people show up. It is hard to turn 5 into 50 this year because the safeties, the corners, everybody is there waiting for him. But now we're three games into Garrett Schrader playing well. Will defenses start to adjust to that a little bit? Now that your scouting reports and everything is more based on what you've seen this year than what you saw at the end of last year. And then conversely, will that open up Tucker for a big run tonight? It's got to happen sometime, right? Like he had the big screen pass touchdown to the opener. That was 50-plus, but it was not a handoff and a run. I mean, how many times last year was he busting through the line and deep into the secondary, and he's 25 yards downfield and making things happen? Gut says we see one of those tonight. The other side of it is, uh, can, can Garrett Schrader keep playing well? That's not really my question. Yeah, I think he can keep playing well. But are the hits starting to accumulate? We're only three games in. There's nine to go. How's Garrett? He takes a lot of hits, partly by design, partly just the way he plays. He's a big guy. He's going to run the ball. He's going to get hit. And when he stays in the pocket, he stands in there. Think of the Virginia Tech game last year, the Purdue game last week. The game-winning touchdown pass, he saw neither of them go into the end zone because he took one in the ribs and was on his back. Now, full credit, because he did it. He got back up and he got ticket. But can Schrader stay on his feet over the course of the season? He's not going to change his game, but we'll, we'll see how these hits continue to accumulate over the year. That is something we got to watch every game. For Virginia, Brennan Armstrong, throwing for less than 240 a game. You say, well, that's still pretty good, and it is. Last year, he threw for 400 a game. 4-0-0 ACC record. Had he not gotten hurt and missed a couple games, he would have set the ACC total passing yard single season record as well. Will this guy get going tonight? If Virginia comes in and upsets the Orange tonight, the answer to that question will assuredly be yes. I don't see a scenario in which uh, Virginia wins tonight and Armstrong does not have a big game. And then that goes to his weapons. Gaetan Thompson and Dentavian Wicks. Thompson is 6'5". NFL scouts are uh, at this game tonight. They like to go to the Friday game so they can catch a couple on the weekend. There will be lots of scouting types in the Dome tonight. The Giants are, are sending four, including a general manager, Joe Shane, will be in the building uh, tonight. And that's to look at everyone. That's to look at... Brennan Armstrong, it's to look at Thompson and Wicks for Virginia. 
Let's look at the Syracuse guys. Garrett Williams, Michael Jones, Marlo Wax. You know, there's uh, lots to look at when you go up and down the Orange roster right now. Sean Tucker, of course. He'll technically be draft eligible at the end of uh, this year. I know NFL scouts are starting to become intrigued with Matthew Bergeron, who'd be potentially NFL draft eligible at the end of this year. Scouts love these Friday night games. They come and uh, they take a peek and they really see what's uh, going on around town. So uh, this game will be very under the football microscope tonight. That's what you get on Friday night. Like the football world watches. And we'll see if the Orange can respond to that tonight. And the Orange have a reasonably unique chance here tonight in school history. Sitting at 3-0, and what's possibly next? That is 4-0, and which got me thinking and led me down the rabbit hole. Once again, Brian goes down a rabbit hole. I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. No time to say hello. Goodbye. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting weapons. This time, I'll just go into the bushes over there, make a lot of noise, and flush out a rabbit. Hello? Hello? It's me, Miss Rabbit. Help! Curiosity often leads to trouble. <laughs> So here's what I found today down in the deep recesses of the rabbit hole. The Orange, only 17 times in school history, this is going back to the 1800s, have ever been 4-0. A chance to do it for the 18th time tonight. Only five of those, five of the 17 have happened since World War II. 1959. Started at 11-0. Finished 11-0. National champs, obviously. The next year... They ran that winning streak to 16 in a row. They started the 60 season 5 and all finished 7 and 2. So that's 1960. Not again did the Orange start 4 and 0 until 1987. 11 and 0, 11 0 and 1. The magical season, Pat die, we know the whole deal. 4 years after that, 1991, a 4 and 0 start, finished 10 and 2. Great season, Marvin Graves junior year. And the the amazing talent he had around him. And from 1991, the Orange did not start a football season 4-0 and again until 2018. Started 4-0 in Dungey's senior year. Lost the next week at Clemson in that hotly contested game. Decided at the end with the T. Higgins catch and the Travis Etienne touchdown. Lost the next week at Pittsburgh. Won 6 out of 7 and uh, went 10-3. at So we know this. When the Orange start 4-0, and at least historically, and it's not been many times, Recently, anyway. Didn't really go all the way to the rabbit hole to find out how the 1923 season came to an end after a 4 0 start. The 1902 season started 4 0. That was the first time ever. The OG 02. But recently, and by recently, this is now the last 35 years. So, you know, quasi recently. The last, that's only three times. The last three times the Arch have started 4 0. On a year, they have won at least, at least 10 games. Can you do it tonight? You're 4-0. If you're 4-0, you're 5-0 into the bye week, and then you got seven games left. A very tough seven games for sure, but historically, the Orange, when they start 4-0, they do not do it by accident. They do it because they have a very uh, good and quality ball club that is ready to make some noise. So this game is important. 
for a lot of reasons, but historically, when the Orange start well, they finish well. And there's a lot of reasons Syracuse doesn't have more 4-0 starts to the season. Uh, historically, the Orange also play very difficult early season schedules. A lot of tough games early on in there. I mean, Coach B won a ton of games. The only 4-0 start in his career was 91. His best team ever was the, the next year in 92. They didn't start 4-0. We documented it yesterday about, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. None of the Donovan McNabb teams started 4-0. None of the Donovan McNabb teams started 2-0. And still won the league three times. Can the Orange get to 4-0 tonight? And do it as a big favorite. You've won your two toss-up games. This was supposed to be a third toss-up game. Four weeks into the season, it has turned into a game that Syracuse should win. Can they go out and do it? And become for just the fifth time, fourth time in the last 35 years, a 4-0 start. It would be significant, and it would uh, portend well, at least historically, for the rest of the orange season. Looking forward to it tonight, and uh, hopefully Syracuse can pull it off and uh, make that move to get to 4-0 this season, because when they've done it before, it has meant good things are a-coming for the Cuse. Again, here's what's coming up this hour. Jeff Erickson from Rotowire at 2.30. Get his fantasy football thoughts early on in the season. Next hour, the Sacco Six-Pack. Scalding hot, 5-1 and one last week. I don't know if it's quite guaranteed to make you money, but it's doing quite well. That's at 3 o'clock with Mario. Hey, Kelly Gramlick from Gramlick and McLean will talk ACC football at 3.30. That is the show today. When we come back, we'll spin the wheel. We'll talk a little Dolphins-Bills, the big NFL game that is coming our way this upcoming Sunday. Rolling along here. Excited about the big game tonight in the Dome. Cuse and Virginia. We're back in the 315 after this. It's ESPN Radio and Cuse Sports Talk. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across central New York, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. All right, rolling along here on a Friday. We're almost within four hours of kickoff tonight. How about that? Cuse and Virginia. You know, we spent many years every other year saying Cuse and West Virginia. Haven't had that in the Dome since 2011, unfortunately. But Cuse and Virginia, first ever Dome ACC meeting. We mentioned it yesterday. This will start happening uh, once every four years, once divisions dissolve after this season. So looking forward to that. And why shouldn't Cuse and Virginia be a all-sport kind of rivalry. These two schools feel like they should, you know, play each other in a lot of things. The lacrosse uh, deal has gone back many, many years. The basketball deal has been pretty good here. Ever since the Orange have joined the ACC, why not Why not keep it rolling? Why not keep it rolling on the football field across all sports? It's been a pretty good thing to have between Syracuse and Virginia, and we'll see how it plays out tonight at 7 o'clock in the Dome. We'll get the Mario Sacco Sacco six-pack coming up at 3 o'clock. Oh, uh, we know Mario is is good at the picks. He's been on fire essentially since the spring. He's been scalding here and there. But I have another person who makes picks. He's mysterious. He's a little shadowy. He is the man who sort of knows. Could we have the money now? The answer is no. 
I'm afraid I must insist. I'm telling you, it's a lock. But it rained last night. Exactly. What if there was a restaurant that didn't serve any food and just served up gambling? This almost loves the slop. I thought gambling was illegal. <laughs> Not if no one sees you do it. Father was a mother. His mother was a mother. His mother was a mother. No, I think it still is. But not if no one knows about it. I didn't know you know how to play poker, Lois. Yeah. Well, how you doing? Yeah. That's good, honey. Guaranteed bets. The man is a gambler. Results not guaranteed. Pay that man his money. It's the man who sort of knows. Uh, results not guaranteed. Uh, a very important part of the disclaimer. The man who sort of knows has informed me of four of his picks for the weekend. Not all football. The man who sort of knows is better for all sports. The man who sort of knows is starting with NASCAR. The man who sort of knows is on the track this weekend. They're at the Texas Motor Speedway. Into the playoffs. The cutoff has just gone from 16 to 12 drivers. And the man who sort of knows is on the person who's currently sitting in 11th, so needs results. Daniel Suarez, who earlier this season had top 10s in five of six races, currently sitting 11th. In the NASCAR playoffs is plus 100 to finish a top 10. And that is what the man who sort of knows is on this week. Daniel Suarez, a top 10 at the Texas Motor Speedway, a race he finished 10th in last year. That is pick one. Pick two involves a game we have talked about lots, the Bills and the Dolphins. The Bills are five-and-a-half-point favorites in that game, so a couple of field goals or a touchdown to cover on the road. South Florida Dolphins, 1 o'clock on Sunday on CBS. The man who sort of knows is picking the Bills, which you could do for any number of reasons. Except this reason goes beyond, well beyond, the gridiron. Dating back to the start of last season, the Miami Dolphins against quarterbacks who have the letter O somewhere in their last name. The Dolphins are 11-0. and against quarterbacks who have the letter O in their last name, against quarterbacks who do not have the letter O in their last name, like Josh A-L-L-E-N. The Miami Dolphins, dating back to the start of last season, are O and 9, having lost to the likes of Josh Allen, and again Josh Allen, Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, and once more, Josh Allen. Beating the likes of Mac Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Lamar Jackson, Zach Wilson, Cam Newton, Mike Glennon, more Zach Wilson, Ian Book. He's got two O's. Mac Jones a couple more times, and Lamar Jackson. The power of the letter O. They've beaten Lamar twice. The Dolphins cannot beat quarterbacks that do not have the letter O in their last name. That is why the man who sort of knows is taking the Bills. He's also got UConn plus 40 and a half on the road in Raleigh at NC State. Why? It's a lot. Why? The other reason? Because NC State has Clemson next week. That's called the uh, look-ahead backdoor cover factor in that game. And the final pick from the man who sort of knows, Iowa and Rutgers are playing on Saturday. The over-under in that game is 33-and-a-half. It is the lowest total in the history of totals that anyone can find in the history of college football. The lowest. The second lowest was a game that Iowa played last year. O.C. Brian Ferentz isn't working out so hot. 
The man who sort of knows thinks there's got to be at least 34 points in that game. He's taking the over with Iowa and Rutgers. And this is not a pick from the man who sort of knows, but just information that potentially applies to tonight. Syracuse football has won 30 consecutive games when they have been favored by 10 or more points. Double-digit favorite. This morning, Syracuse was a 10-point favorite in most places, 9.5 in others. This afternoon, Syracuse is a 9.5-point favorite in most places, still clinging to 10 in others. Will that matter come tonight? The last game the Orange lost when they were a double-digit favorite was to Rutgers in 1999. So those are the picks and the factoids from the man who sort of knows. We'll see on Monday if his picks were sort of good or kind of bad. A guy whose picks have been awfully good of late is Mario Sacco, the Sacco six-pack when we come back here. And we move to the second hour on a Friday of the 315. It's next on ESPN Radio in Syracuse, Utica, Rome, and QSportsTalk.com. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Cy? Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I going to do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. All right, we talked a little bit about the game uh, tonight. Houston, Virginia, kick it off at 7 o'clock. Just told you, the Archer won 30 in a row, 3-0 in favor by double figures. The line in that game has been hovering at 10 or 9.5. It's currently in 9.5 in most places. So if that uh, portends uh, not so well. Uh, for the Orange uh, tonight, or if it doesn't matter at all. But uh, lots uh, to think about when it comes uh, to stuff like that with the Cuse and the game tonight. Had Jeff Erickson from Rotowire on. He thinks uh, Dolphins, Bills, and Vikings, Lions are going to get you fantasy football wins this weekend. And the man who sort of knows has picked the Bills uh, this weekend because the Bills quarterback does not have an O in his last name and the Dolphins cannot beat quarterbacks that don't have an O in the last name and Allen is spelled A-L-L-E-N. With that, we're going to bring on somebody that makes picks maybe based on you know something other than the alphabet, Mario Sacco, Sacco six-pack. Is this how you come up with your picks, Mario? Do you, do you have exciting uh, backstories and little things that go along with them or are you actually you know like looking at the stats and figuring out who's going to win the game and stuff like that. Yeah, if Joe Flacco took his dog for a walk on Sundays, <laughs> uh, it, it leads to them being 3-1. and one. Uh, No, I I sometimes go with my heart, and as uh, producer extraordinaire Jordan would realize, that's a bad idea to never bet the Pittsburgh Steelers because they're garbage this year. Uh, yeah, you, you can, you're allowed to go with your heart, but your team has to be good. And you've been a Steelers fan with your team being good for a very long time, so I think that's probably worked out a time or two, but... Man, they are, they're not good right now, Mario. No, and watching that game, you know, I for the longest time, that was the running joke. They When I was in college, Brian, Pittsburgh never lost to them. No. The four years I was at Washington and Jefferson, 
and half WJ's team is from the greater Steubenville, you know, Northeast Ohio block. So uh, that was a good, good thing to hold over those guys for a long, long time. But uh, I got a couple of text messages last night uh, with the score and, and, you know, a couple of emojis back my way. Yeah. I, I know um, that they're not officially ready or have said anything about making the move to, to Kenny Pickett yet, but that, like the way that Trubisky's looked so far through a couple of games, it if not next week or immediately, like that that's got to be, it, it's got to be sometime quasi soon, right? I, I can't imagine that Mike Tomlin is going to want to watch that for that many more weeks. No, but I mean, a lot of blame can go on Trubisky. Obviously, he's the quarterback. He's the one trying to put, you know, the Steelers into the end zone. But Matt Canada is an awful play caller, and and we could go on for days upon days uh, of how that offense should be run. But uh, that's neither here nor there. People want to hear Giants, Bills, and Syracuse Orange talk and not me rambling about the Steelers' efficiencies. Uh, yeah, let, let's get some Syracuse talk before we get into your uh, picks here tonight. We got the the game tonight. Obviously, we'll have that covered uh, every which way over on uh, News Channel 9 uh, this evening. What, what are you feeling on this one? Houston, Virginia, a, a game where the Orange, we wouldn't have had this a month ago, are favored by multiple scores and are sitting here with a chance to do something that hasn't happened very often here and get to 4-0. Yeah, and I kind of scratched my head a little bit when you have a quarterback like Brennan Armstrong and and how your offense has been that bad. I understand you're adjusting to, so to say, a new offensive system under Tony Elliott, but uh, you know it's not like he's coming from you know Kent State or Akron. He's coming from Clemson and, and bringing a an offense and, and that you know should be motoring along. Instead, Clemson's hovering around the bottom of the ACC. Uh, Syracuse defense, I think, is going to give them fits, especially that offensive line that is suspect of Virginia. And, and I look for Sean Tucker to have a game of, of you know 150, 170 yards on the ground. I think think Syracuse wins this one, uh, you know, by a couple of touchdowns. All right, and that would be a cover, and I'm with you and expecting Tucker to kind of get back on uh, track. Uh, here tonight, so hopefully that'll be the case for Sean this evening. All right, Mario, let's let's get into the six pack. We got six games. You've been on fire. You were five and one uh, last week. You've uh, really not been stopped going back uh, to the spring. Uh, what uh, what starts off your six pack today? We're gonna start off the six pack with a Big Ten game and uh, and a nooner kickoff for you. Penn State, no letdown after going down to Auburn and shellacking. Uh, them down there last week. Penn State at home against Central Michigan. A large line at minus 28. Sorry, Chippewa fans. I got Penn State in this one. Uh, take the Nittany Lions and the points, minus 28. Next one, I'm going to go to the SEC. And I rode Florida once this year already, and they had a big win. Well, they're at Tennessee and getting a lot of points, actually. Uh, they are... Tennessee is minus 10.5. Give me the Gators uh, on the road to cover there uh, against Tennessee. I think Tennessee still wins that football game, but I think it's close. Um, We're going to head out west. Everyone needs some Pac-12 action after dark. USC has looked unstoppable. Uh, This might just me wanting to watch another game after those (laughs) early games and have some money on it, but uh, I like USC minus 6 on the road. Uh, at Oregon State. Oregon State, the surprising team, probably out of the Pac-12 at 3-0. and uh, Their coach is a little crazy, going for two against Fresno State for the win with no time left, but it worked out for him. Good for him. Uh, but USC looks to be uh, 
under Lincoln Riley, uh, a, a very, very good football team. And if not, uh, one of the playoff teams here come at the end of the year. So I, I like USC in that one. So for my college picks, Penn State minus 28, Florida getting 10 and a half at Tennessee and USC giving six at Oregon State. Those are the three picks on the college side. Jump over to the NFL. I've been kicking around a bunch of games in the NFL, Brian. I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. Some of them are uh, kind of head scratchers to me, but uh, I'm going to start with the Chargers minus five uh, as my first pick. Chargers at home. They got I Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Line. Yeah, against Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville, Andre Cisco gets his first pick last week. Kind of cool to see. Uh, Indianapolis just looks awful. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't talk about bad teams. You know, they tie the Houston Texans and then get blown out by Jacksonville. So, uh, is Jacksonville good? I have no idea, but uh, I like the Chargers at, at minus five and, and Justin Herbert. Um, another game out of that uh, general vicinity as far as timing wise is concerned. Uh, the, the saints and Panthers is a one o'clock start. Sorry. I thought it was at four o'clock um, saints two and a half at the Panthers. I have no idea why they wouldn't be favored by more in this one. The Panthers are bad as well. For some odd reason, I think the Panthers win this football game. So give me the Panthers. Oh, um, I don't know why. Um, I don't think they're a good team, but uh you going Panther, uh, Panthers go, money line here, or are you just taking them to I'm cover? Gonna go, I'm going to go with Panthers money line on okay. that one. There we go. And lastly, uh, I got a little Sunday night football action for you. I like the Niners. They are on the road at Denver, um, minus one and a half. Give me San Francisco in that one. All right, so college, Mario's got Penn State covering four touchdowns versus Central Michigan, Florida, ten and a half. Uh, dogs at Tennessee. That's going to be interesting. Anthony Richardson right against Utah looked like he was going to win the Heisman. Uh, the next yeah, two weeks, he's looked, week, yeah, he looked incompetent. So but yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see how he battles with Hendon Hooker. Like Florida, Tennessee is always fun. Oregon State's been frisky, but USC can't be stopped. That Chargers-Jaguars game is weird, isn't it? Because Jacksonville's kind of been like the frisky team so far this year. Yeah. They, gave, they gave Washington a little run and then beat and just mauled the Colts. Last week, and I just don't know what Herbert's going to be to you with the with the rib cartilage stuff he's going through right now. Yeah, or injury wise, through you know uh, Keenan Allen, is he playing? Not playing? What's going on there? So uh, I don't know. I, I I seem to pick the Chargers all the time, and, and you know I just like him because they can score a bunch of points when yeah. Justin Herbert's on. Like the guy can fit a fit a football through a crease, uh, like you wouldn't believe it, but. Uh, uh, and then San Francisco, uh, they love Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't yep. know why, but, uh, I mean, they win when he's a quarterback. Now, will it be a win by more than a uh, point and a half? I hope so. And they generally, when he's been the quarterback, when, when they play teams that aren't great, like that, that's when they can do all the Jimmy G stuff and run the ball and play action. And Denver yeah. has not looked good here in the first couple of weeks of Nathaniel Hackett and uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson. So that's... Uh, that's that. All right, uh, all right, Mario. We'll let you go on this. What, what, what do you got cooking on News Channel Nine here tonight? And um, I'd imagine you got the uh, the game surrounded from uh, every angle you'd like here. Yeah, they got me on uh, at four o'clock here coming up. Uh, a quick preview, quick bite from Dino Babers talking about you know he's enjoyed the Loud House has been loud uh, the, the couple of times they've been in there, and he's calling for it again tonight uh, against Virginia. 
Friday night, always a busy night as far as high school football is concerned. Yep. Uh, Friday night fever. We got a dozen games on tap. Uh, the big one tonight uh, in the small classifications in Class C, Skinny Atlas travels to General Brown. That's a section title rematch from last year. And Baldwinsville in another section title rematch travels to CNS. The CNS tries to bounce back from their one-point loss to CBA last week. So a dozen games on uh, the Fever at 11, uh, plus some guy named Aaron Judge looking for a 61st against the Red Sox, if you can find where that game is. Yeah, uh, if you find Apple TV Plus on your remote, you might be able to watch that one or the football game tonight <laughs> or Mario's coverage from the North Country going up to General Brownland looking to looking yeah. for that. I'm very glad CBA's got a Saturday game here, uh, Mario. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, not losing, uh, I'm not losing my co-host Bruce Williams uh, for the night on pregame. So that, for me personally, this has really worked out well. Yeah, I looked at that and I was like, wait a minute, they're playing a day game tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, that, that works out a little better since I live like two steps from uh, CBA. But I wanted to say uh, great job first week of uh, the God's Plan 315. Yes. Uh, Good sh- show so far. Yeah, shout out to All Above for showering me with with the show here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the picks, Mario. We're going we're gonna to watch them all weekend. We'll, we'll certainly recap and we'll, uh, we'll get your thoughts again next week. How about that? See you, buddy. Thanks. Uh, Mario Sacco with the six-pack. Again, three college, three pro, all football. He's got Penn State covering 28 against Central Michigan. Florida uh, covering a 10.5-point as a dog on the road at Tennessee. USC has got beating Oregon State by more than six. He's got the Chargers as five-point favorites over the Jaguars. Panthers are dogs at home to the Saints. He'll take the Panthers to win outright on the money line. Sunday Night Football, Niners in Denver. Jimmy Garoppolo's first start this year. Looking for the Niners to cover a point and a half. Mario was 5-1 and one last week. We'll take a break now. We'll come back with a 4-1-1 and the 3-1-5 on the NFL weekend. Producer Matt will be in here after that. At the bottom of the hour, back to the ACC. We'll talk to Kelly Gramlich of Gramlich & McLean about what the league is up to this week and has been up to all season. It's Friday afternoon on a game day in the 3-1-5 on ESPN Radio and Q Sports Talk.